Welcome to Let's Get Unraveled, a place where artists from all walks of life come to share their unabridged stories and speak openly and candidly about their creative journeys. We're so happy you're here. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Co Hodges. I'm one of the co-founders of Unraveled Academy, one of the lead instructors. And today I have the privilege of being able to speak with Jenica McDavid. She is quite a thrill to speak to as she studied behavioral neuroscience at Yale, graduated with honors, and then went on to get a master's degree in psychology. She is also a photographer and founded Psychology for Photographers in 2011. And this is just a thrill to be able to speak with you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is so cool. So let's go ahead and dig into kind of the beginning for you. Um, can you tell us why you picked up a camera in the first place and when that was? I picked up a camera and put it down several times. I mean, like a lot of your listeners, I picked one up in childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we would go on these choir tours and I was always the person like trying to take creative photos <laughs> of my friends and then also yeah. the, you know, buildings of Seattle or wherever the heck we were. And <laughs> sure. um and then again, when I went to college and of course study abroad, I mean, I feel like I have the same story everyone else has, like just the magic of taking images. I remember being in, um, I took, I did a study abroad language class in Tunisia. Mm. Um, and I just remember wandering around with like a really beat up point and shoot and just being amazed at what I was seeing and the ways I was able to capture it. And someone actually told the director of my program because they needed like a group shot, right? Like of like all yeah. the attendees. And they're like, oh, Jenica has a really great camera. And so he came to me and was like, oh, do you have like a really good camera? And I was like, and I like showed it to him. I was like, no, not really. I just like taking pictures. That's awesome. Um, which is the story I tell people when they're like self-conscious about their equipment. Like it really is about your eye. But anyway, um, I started photographing people in earnest in graduate school because I was studying psychology. And that's when I started a business, which is when I realized, hey, all the stuff I've been studying about psychology actually applies to both running a business and also to working with people. And so that's why I started the blog, because I wanted to share some of that information. Oh, that's amazing. And that does kind of, it's a great segue into the the why behind the psychology for photographers and just, and how interesting that you had that aha moment. You're like, oh man, all of this really does apply to this journey and this life um, of doing creative work. Um, Do you currently do client work? I have been on family leave for a little while for health yeah. reasons because I just had two kids and I had health problems and they had health problems. So I've been on family leave. Sure. I've shot some things for past clients, but yeah. but I'm holding <laughs> off until we're out of the woods and then I'll I'll see how it fits back in and, and what we're, we might move. And anyway, things are up in the air, but so I'm life. sure I will continue to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been working with a lot of business owners though, and I look forward to picking that back up and yeah. Because, yeah, there's really great photographing people doing what they do for a living, too. So oh, that, anyway, lots of exploration. No, that's so true. And being able to connect with everybody. Well, I think you're an inspiration. And I, I've been in the same boat with a you know, child with health issues. So I commend you for keeping it together because uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not easy. Oh, no. man. So when you when you first started, uh, it started as a blog and it's now transformed into this huge thing and you teach and you offer online workshops, correct? Correct. Yeah. And I also sometimes do coaching or copywriting for people. Amazing. And what would you say, obviously you started out for photographers, but as I was reading through some of the information in there, it really looks like it just went global to a huge diverse group of people, um, including non-creative roles. So who do you think you, you cater to the most with your, with your website? 
I always keep photographers in mind yeah. primarily. It's, you know, they're the people I know and love. And, yeah. um, it, you know, I think photography is actually an interesting sort of microcosm for the broader creative entrepreneurial community, though, because all of the problems we have, there's some version. My husband's a composer and even he has some mm -hmm. of the same problems we have. Sure. <laughs> and so there's 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 connections which is, so it's funny because I have like lawyers and dog groomers and real estate agents <laughs> reading along but really I, I have like a photographer you know in probably you know anywhere from 20s to 40s uh you know who's who's working from home in mind when I write and uh so it's interesting how that translates but yeah absolutely what would you say are the most common themes that people relate to like the most common struggles that you you kind of support them with your writings my goal with all of my work, both my photography work and my writing, is to help people realize that they are currently more amazing than they realize and to get all the stuff out of the way that prevents them from just doing their work. And so a, a few things that I do is like I'll talk about little marketing tips or tweaks that you can make to what you're doing so that because people will like try to mark, they'll like send out an email and they'll get crickets and they're like, oh, I'm just terrible at marketing. It's like, no, you're not terrible at marketing. You just gotta like, you know, tweak, let's, let me show you a few techniques. <laughs> so there's, that's one area of problems. And the other area is um, people just uh, self-doubt a lot of feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough to do this. Or I'm not good enough to raise my prices. Mm -hmm. um, those sorts of confidence challenges oh. that we all experience. Oh, absolutely. It's just the human quality. Um, yeah, we have a ton, a ton of threads just talking about, um, you know, self-doubt and anxiety and, and just comparison, like the, 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 the detriment of comparison is huge. Um, how would you say, obviously this is like summing it up for, for the podcast, um, and it goes way more in depth than this, especially in your writings. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about comparison and self-doubt and how these truly hinder your creative growth and what your simple recommendations are to combat these. Yeah. So I was thinking the other day, actually, like imagine for a moment that everyone in the whole world like literally everybody um was living in uh in a space where they could use their very best talents mm -hmm. like what would our world look like if everybody was given the opportunity and and power to really express and use their best talents mm -hmm. i mean i think that it would be it would be amazing yeah. right there's so many things that keep people down and some of them are economic and some of them are social and we don't have time to get into all of that but some <laughs> of them are really just we are afraid to use our best talents we yeah. we hold ourselves back but if you think about it like you're not serving the world by not doing what you're good at and what makes your heart sing because if everyone was doing the thing that made them joyful mm it would be amazing. And I think that there's enough to go around for everyone. And I, I'm, I'm also really into gardening. <laughs> and so I've learned a lot about permaculture. Okay. And the whole idea behind that is that like you plant a variety of plants. So not just the plants you're going to eat, but other plants that have different jobs. So like this kind of plant adds nitrogen to the soil mm -hmm. and this kind of plant stabilizes the ground. And this kind of plant does this job and everybody does a different job and the whole system becomes very healthy and resilient to stress and change and it's this beautiful thing and so when i think about comparison 
and people are saying, oh, I need to look like this person. I'm not doing it as well as this person. Like, no, we don't all want to look the same. It, the system is weaker if we're all exactly the same and doing the exact same job and offering the exact same product with the exact same images. Yeah. Um, we need to become more like ourselves, not more like the other people. Oh, gosh, I just got chills. Isn't that true for like a family unit, a community unit, socially, like on the larger scale? Mm-hmm. Like that literally just gave me chills. It is so true. And it's so common for people to look at. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many times people ask for my pricing and I know they're just looking at it to see where, how I'm priced locally and how they should price themselves. And it's such a bummer because I know I, I teach enough that I know that's what's going on. People just mm-hmm. aren't confident enough yet in their own skills and qualities and what they can offer that's different um so it's it really is kind of a pandemic of comparison and and again the detriment of that is huge i love what you said that is so cool amazing um so at you know as creatives uh, and and we talked a little bit about this before the podcast we'll talk um i'll give a little spoiler on what you have coming out um but i do think a lot of this stems from like bigger issues, at least from my experience with, you know, mentoring and teaching in the last couple years from, you know, really common issues that it's becoming more of a dialogue now that most of us suffer from one or both of these things and anxiety and depression. And Mm -hmm. it it really is, it used to be kind of like taboo to really talk about it. You know, people were embarrassed. um, They felt alone. They were isolated with, you know, this issue and another thing that's holding them back. And then, you know, the layers of of the onion there are the underlying anxiety and then the comparison, the self doubt, and then they just kind of stop themselves, you know, completely from growing creatively. And we were talking earlier about how you're creating an anxiety toolkit within the next year to help combat this. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Well, let me preface this by saying this is like an ethical thing. I, although I did study psychology, I'm not a licensed psychologist. (laughs) So everyone really, I really believe in therapy. I think actually everyone on the planet could benefit from therapy in one form or another, but uh, I'm not the person to give it to you. That said, um, (laughs) there are some basic tools that help. Even if you don't have clinical anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, the thought patterns that go along with it are common to everyone. Anxiety is not necessarily like a binary thing like you have it or you don't um it can very much be on a spectrum or have like be a matter of degrees and how disruptive it is to your life or not Mm -hmm. so but um i think that what we have to always keep in mind is that fear at its core is a good thing like if you're not if you don't have fear you're not going to have a normal life (laughs) right um like so like from a if we jump back to like an evolutionary standpoint in order for us to survive, we have to be able to anticipate bad things that could happen and stop them ha- from happening before they happen, right? You have to know the spider could bite you before you touch it. So, and it has to happen even before you even realize what's going on. So if you've ever had like a, felt something like brush on your shoulder and you jump mm-hmm. and then you realize it was just like lint or something and then you feel like, oh, I thought it was a spider, but it was actually just fuzz. Right. You feel a little bit silly. Um, but that you have to understand that's that's your brain keeping you safe and it but that does apply to other things too so like before you've even thought it all the way through your brain is already saying no 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 no. that that looks that looks scary someone's going to judge you someone's going to yell at you uh people are going to tell you you're not worth it you need to stay in this little spot where it's cozy and warm and safe um and and 
that's your brain doing its job. So we can't be too angry at it. Um, But that said, the best way to uh, walk through fear is to simply start gathering evidence that shows your brain actually these things that you're worried about aren't true. That thing that just brushed your shoulder, it wasn't a spider, it was just fuzz. Um, You know, me raising my prices, yes, I could lose all my clients, but you know what? I could also open the door to a whole new set of clients. Right. Um, And so proceeding onward through through that and just, I I like to use the word gathering evidence because it it seems less intimidating. Like all I have to do is go out in the world and say, okay, I'm afraid that if I raise my prices, I'll lose my all my clients. Okay, well, that's a hypothesis I can test, mm-hmm. right? I can say, okay, well, let's see. Let me let me um, meet some new business owners and have them introduce me to their clients um, and see if I can get anyone new. Like, let me just see if I can prove myself wrong. Yeah. Um, and it, when you start thinking of the world as a big experiment, it takes some pressure off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also naturally makes the anxiety dissipate for that particular concern once you start see evidence rolling in oh actually people are still interested amazing it's not an all or nothing thing oh that's yeah that's incredible I mean because how often have you heard that man I'm so scared to raise my prices like and 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 that's the protect again the protective side of of your mind that is over you know the evolutionary process doing its job I love that you said that actually uh had never really tapped into that concept until I was going through therapy with my ex-husband and it was like a very similar concept that our therapist was telling us. She's like, all of these are, are pre-programmed, you know, in you. To You're afraid because X, Y, and Z doesn't necessarily mean X, Y, and Z is happening, but this is why. Right. And so oh, that's, it can be applied in so many different capacities. I love that. Uh, I'm going to quote you later. Fear at its core is a good thing. I love that. I love that because if we're not afraid, if we're not uncomfortable, there's no room for growth, right? Like yeah. it is amazing. Yeah. Let me, can I just slip one more thing in? Yeah. I I was like really upset recently because I went to dinner with some people. Um, my husband's a music professor as well as a composer. And so I'm often in these circles of like really high flying, like best top of their field musicians, mm-hmm. like the best people who like, they have the perfect musical pedigree in terms <laughs> of their education. Yeah. Like they have these positions that are amazing. I mean, like undisputably like top. Yeah. And I was sitting at dinner recently and I was there. He was talking to two of his colleagues and they were they were talking about the beginning of their semester coming up and they were saying, oh, yeah, I always have this fear. Like every time I walk into the doors to teach my first class this semester, like what if I can't do it this semester? Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. what? like, are you telling me that I can get to the very top of my field where everybody respects me and everybody thinks I'm amazing mm-hmm. and you still feel that way? Like, yeah. oh, like, it was like, oh, you never arrive. Oh my gosh. But, but the reason I bring that up is not to discourage everyone, but just to point out, like, y- you are never going to arrive, but that's okay. Like, it's still your brain just keeping you safe. And so your task is not to live a life completely free of worry about is my next thing going to succeed? That's not your task. That, and also, by the way, that worry does not indicate that it's going to fail. Like the fact that you're worried doesn't mean it's going badly. Right. Your task is simply to learn how to create a healthy, resilient thought process to walk through that anxiety um, mm-hmm. and, and keep doing your work. Amazing. 
Oh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And it's okay. something that uh, Sarah and I have talked a ton about of just the the concept of of like arriving, like you're saying, of like when do you feel like you've made it? And the answer is never, because if you feel like you've made it, then you're just bored. Um, and, and you're not striving for, for greatness anymore, striving to improve yourself. We all have that level of, oh man, am I going to be well received by my peers? Uh, am I relevant anymore? All of these things. And I've had so many conversations with industry leaders that I'm like, wow, you're amazing. Like you've made it even, even though I know the truth and they still are like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to (laughs) be well received by your community. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's insane. But I, I love that you talk about that because it's such a humanistic quality that we all carry the underlying fear and anxiety of of relevance and, and failure, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's, you never make, you never truly make it, but it's it's better that way. I love that. Oh, that's awesome. So we we have a decent uh, number of folks in our community who are just starting out, um, whether they were hobbyists before, um, just shooting their kids or families, um, and are now wanting to start a business. If you could give any advice to a budding creative who wants to start a business, what would it be? I think that it would be to always remember that when you go from doing your creative work to satisfy yourself and to have the enjoyment of achieving a a process or a product that's important to you, when you go from, from working on that to now serving clients, don't ever forget that your clients' primary concerns are not usually going to be the same thing as your primary concerns. Right. So for example, <clears throat> oh, sorry, there's a siren going by. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> okay. So for example, um, you might, in a, during a photo shoot, be concerned about composition and where's the person standing and where's the light coming from and all of those things that are important to your process. And you're, you know, carrying on the conversation to help the person feel comfortable. So you're, but you're thinking about all these things. Just keep in mind that the person is sitting there feeling something very different than you are. They're primarily concerned about how they look. It's bringing up all of their insecurities about how their arms or their nose or their thighs look. And uh, is this going to be terrible? Like the last time I had my photo taken by a friend and it looked awful and I just feel very vulnerable and exposed here. And their inner experience is different than yours. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing when you go to sell. So you might be like, oh, look at this great canvas and look at this composition. It looks so great on a wall and you could have these together and like all the leading lines merge. And isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. And the, but the concerns running through the person's mind are almost never like, yes, I really need a luster finish on this. <laughs> That's just not their concern. Right. And so just don't forget that when you're in business, it, being in business means you are selling something. You are conducting transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind that you need, you need to make one of your priorities and primary goals to figure out what is the other person experiencing? How are they feeling? And how can I make sure everything I'm saying to them revolves around that experience? Mm-hmm. And that might mean you need to get photographed yourself regularly mm-hmm. um, because it's really easy to forget what it's like on the other side of the camera. And it's also easy to forget what it's like to like put your own money on the line and, and make these decisions. Like you start thinking very differently than you do when you have your business owner hat on. Mm-hmm. So I oh, guess, yeah, yeah, just, just always remember there's a gap there between how you're thinking and how they're thinking. And it's your job to put yourself in their shoes over and over and over 
I love that. That's excellent advice. Yeah, getting photographed regularly, because how often do you hear that where someone's like, oof, I'm not good in front of the camera, and you're like, but you're expecting them to be, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I do, I do, um, I used to be very, very awkward being photographed, and now, you know, I, I definitely put in the time and the effort to be photographed a couple times a year um, by somebody else other than myself. And now, you know, that anxiety is more alleviated. I'm more comfortable in my own skin. It takes time. Um, but it definitely has improved my uh, my workflow for my clients and how I behave with them and how I treat them. So I agree with that wholeheartedly. That is excellent advice. Um, what advice would you give an established business owner who is currently in some sort of slump? I I had a conversation with Brian Andreas once. I don't know if you know who he is. He created Story People. He's this an incredible artist. Yeah. Um, you should really look him up. He's amazing. <laughs> uh, but he he he's been doing this for a long time. I mean, thirty plus years. I don't actually know when he got started, but you know, his whole career is is decades and. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to him because I've been following him since I was in junior high. <laughs> wow. And I, I asked him, how have you maintained this common thread throughout your work, even though you've switched your focus many times and done all sorts of different things? Like, I can still tell that there's a Brian-ness about everything that you do. And he said, I just keep evolving toward what I'm most interested in. Mm. And and I, because if you, if you sort of like achieve, you know, you offer one line of products or one line of services, and then you just kind of stop there, eventually like you're a creative person, your, your interests are going to shift. And if you don't follow them, um, you're going to get stagnated and stale and stop doing your best work in what you're doing. And you, it's not going to even look like you anymore. So just accept that you're going to evolve what you're offering is going to evolve and that that's okay. And that's the nature of the thing. It's not anything wrong with you. You're not wishy-washy for, you know, deciding, okay, I've done this for five years. I've done this for however long and now I'm going to shift. Um, And that was such a great conversation because I felt liberated. Um, So the reason I bring that up is I think when I get in a slump, it's usually because I'm not interested in what I'm doing any longer. And I need to, but I usually have something in the back of my mind that I'm like, oh, that would be so cool. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean like you quit your business and become like a hot dog vendor. <laughs> um, but, you know, if if you've been photographing children for a long time and you're just, you've just reached this point where you feel like I'm not growing, maybe include the parents. Maybe do a series of sessions just focused on the moms. Maybe, you know, just branch out, test the waters, experiment, give yourself permission to experiment. Don't like scold yourself for, you know, any reason. Just try, try new things. I think if you're constantly following your interests and sort of going with those whisperings that you have in your head of, oh, that looks cool over there, um, and give yourself a little space to try it out, um, that's that's gotten me through pretty much every slump I've ever been in. Mm, that's amazing. And giving yourself permission to experiment, that is gold. That is gold because not everybody does that they're like "Mm, yeah nah it's an idea but it's probably stupid and I'm not gonna do it because I don't have time and I need to focus on this I have so much editing to do and yada 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 the list goes on right and I I love that give yourself permission and and the time in which to experiment and and let that lead you that's honestly amazing oh 
Thank you so much, Jenica, for being here, for sharing your heart with us and your, your obvious expertise and knowledge. And you guys, if you aren't already following along, go to psychologyforphotographers.com. You're going to want to read her stuff. She's a genius and, uh, and we're big fans. So um, look for her out there. And again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you're here and we hope you walk away feeling inspired as hell. If you're not already a student in Unraveled Academy, go to www.theunraveledacademy.com. You can also access the link below. Come join us. We have a seat waiting with your name on it.